Good morning. It is Monday, March 27, 2023. An artist made a Bitcoin installation depicting climate change and rolls it back. Silicon Valley Bank's assets are being bought. And Friday is a big day in Oz and a sad day in privacy. That's today in Web3. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Please do me a favor before we get started today. Please like, subscribe, share these videos, this podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, if you're listening to the podcast, please be on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Click those five stars. Leave us a comment. If you're here on YouTube, leave comments below. If there's any topic that you think that you want to converse on, because I would love to have conversations about anything that we say today. Let's get into today's headlines. Canada has a self-proclaimed crypto king, Adrian Platursky, and he was kidnapped, tortured, and held for ransom for allegedly fleecing investors out of millions of dollars. The 23-year-old is accused of running an investment scheme, and there are $25 million worth of claims against him. Polarski told investors that they're going to invest in cryptocurrency and foreign exchange positions. Of the $41.5 million he received, only $675,000 was invested. Meanwhile, Polarski took $16 million and did what anybody that's telling you that they're going to invest in crypto would do. He bought three Lamborghinis, four Audis, a Ferrari, three McLarens, a Land Rover, a BMW. He went on private jets and on elaborate vacations. So what happened was, is in December, the bankruptcy case's trustee was called by the Toronto police, and they said that Platursky was kidnapped. He was taken, his father said. They basically drove him around for about three days to different parts of southern Ontario. They beat him, tortured him, and allowed him to make specific phone calls to only specific people. One of those people was his landlord, Sundeep Gupta, which he asked for $3 million to get him back. Now, just like anybody else that scams people out of money, <laughs> he said he tried to redeem himself, that it was all a mistake. So what, he, what did he do? He put more money in risky assets. But as he says, I was trying to make returns that weren't obviously feasible and weren't necessarily possible at the time. And it just caused more losses. History repeats itself too many times in the crypto space. If you remember last week, Do Kwan was arrested in Montenegro and the 31-year-old was charged with eight separate counts, including commodities fraud, securities fraud, wire fraud, and conspiracy to defraud and engage in market manipulation. So when you're arrested in Montenegro, you're usually out in 72 hours. However, Do Kwan, he was a flight risk. He was already planning to leave Montenegro with fake documents on a plane going to, we don't know, we suspect Dubai. And because of this risk, they said, Do, you cannot leave for 30 days. First Citizens Bank is going to buy Silicon Valley Bank's deposits and loans in a total of a $55.5 billion agreement with the FDIC. That's a $16.5 billion discount. The FDIC was going to keep the other $90 billion of security and assets to sell in a process called disposition. So what happens if you used to go to Silicon Valley Bank in the brick and mortar stores to do your banking? Well, all 17 of the former Silicon Valley branches in California and Massachusetts are going to be open under the first citizens brand. And they're telling their customers to continue to use your bank. Soon, however, you'll be open up to all first citizen branches so you can bank wherever. Now, I want to ask you, as a former customer of SVB, would you continue to use these banks? I mean, does First Citizens actually have better risk management practices than SVB? Is this just slapping a new label on the same problem? We're going to have to wait and see, obviously. But does this transition make you comfortable? Let me know in the comments below. This is a heartbreaking story, and I want to say I'm sorry to Brandon. This sucks. He said, and he tweeted, Today, I accidentally burned my crypto punk NFT, trying to wrap punk 685. I was so focused on following the instructions exactly that I slipped up, destroying a third of my net worth in a single transaction. This is a truly devastating mistake for me, but I did this myself, and it's no one's fault but my own. 
both the beauty and the curse of self-custody. Stay safe, everyone out there, and please be more careful than I was. Thank you to so many for your kind words. I want to say I'm really sorry this happened to you, man, because I, want, I I've went through this, and I actually tried to teach somebody, Corey over here, my videographer, how to mint NFTs. And let me tell you, it is confusing. Minting, you know, trying to use the test net, trying to transfer it, trying to get it back up onto OpenSea or wherever your marketplace you're trying to use. I was trying to use on Manifold and going through that whole process. That's the beauty and the curse of self-custody. Also, we can get better user interfaces as well. The thing I want to push back on a little bit with this one is the most common comment on this was, you put one third of your net worth into a CryptoPunk? Look, I don't know when he bought it or when he didn't buy it. But if you had a CryptoPunk and you're not worth that much, it could be a third. I'm just happy he has two thirds out there. And you know what? Most people, the vast majority of people, if they had a CryptoPunk, that would be most of their net worth. Look, don't, don't give the guy crap for having a CryptoPunk, wanting to hold it and save it, either make number go up or just have the punk itself for maybe some future use case. The guy has lost a third of his net worth, probably six figures. So please cut the guy a little slack. Optimism-based lending protocol Kokomo Finance has been suspected of a $4 million exit scam. It dropped 95% in minutes. Cointelegraph reported that they came across Kokomo's Finance's smart contract audit, which was reviewed and shared by Zero X Guard earlier in March. They said this, and this is quite interesting. I don't know why anybody didn't flag this earlier. While most aspects of the audit were passed, typographical errors were found, and the owner of the Coco token was also found to have a one-time ability to mint 45% of the maximum supply to an arbitrary address, meaning that 45% of the maximum supply, 45% of the total maximum supply of the token could just be minted like that and sent away to an arbitrary address, not associated with the project, just sent somewhere. And I guess my question in all this is why didn't somebody find this or whoever found this or knew about this just scream at the top of their lungs that this was a possible thing? And if they were, why did people still put money into this? This is the most interesting story of the day. I don't know if it's the most important story of the day, but it's definitely the most interesting. Benjamin Van Wong is a Canadian artist and he made an installation, an art installation called Skull of Satoshi. He's an environmental activist that has advocated for many pro environment causes. And he said he is, I am pro environment. And since I spent the last few years highlighting issues like fast fashion, ocean plastics, and electronic waste, I wanted to find a way to create a symbol that could help accelerate change. Obviously, this skull, this installation, was made to convey the negative impacts of Bitcoin proof-of-work mining. And he said, I just spent six months pouring my heart and soul into building this amazing installation to inspire real change for something that few seem to care about. Then, Bitcoin Twitter noticed, and the roller coaster began. Look, before I go any further, you guys know me. If you have followed my podcast or followed me for the past seven years, I always thought that the whole Bitcoin bad for the environment narrative was absolutely bogus. Just in general, global data centers used three times more electricity than Bitcoin. 5% of all energy losses are just by transfer. There's even more energy than that that's lost because the energy is just not used and is sitting around. Just gaming, video games, sitting around playing video games is using anywhere between 75 and 100 terawatt hours a year. So I never liked the whole cherry picking Bitcoin because it uses X amount of energy or as much energy as a country, which we see that air conditioning, we see that video games, we see that data centers use that and more than Bitcoin. I always thought it was just cherry picked. It was definitely anti-Bitcoin. And yes, the Bitcoin community came out, told him some things, and he changed his mind. But the guy now is walking it back, saying not only does he like Bitcoin, which he did say originally in his video, 
However, he's walking it back and trying to explain that he was wrong about the proof of work and the whole environmental impact, which is okay. You could change your mind. Anybody could change their mind, and I feel that. But if you're an artist and you make art, you have to stand behind your art. Now I feel like that this art is worthless. Look, Dave Chappelle has never walked back to Closer. The LGBTQAI plus community has always come out after him. He has never walked past his art. Chris Rock just came out with a Netflix special blasting Will Smith in the slap. Never walked it back. And you never see Banksy apologizing for any of the art that is socially provocative. Why? Because you put the art out there if you're an artist. You let the people decide. You let them interpret it. You let them have the discussion. And if you change your mind, go make more art. Have art be the answer to art. But here's the thing. If you're wishy-washy about what you made, now I'm wishy-washy about you as an artist. I'm wishy-washy about you as your process. I'm wishy-washy about you and your opinions. If you did not think this through when you were making your art, how can I trust you and your art in the future? So I say, one, I've always said that Bitcoin was being cherry-picked for environmental problems. I say, two, thank you for having a conversation about it and changing your opinion. I think that's great. That's about personal growth. But three, you are making a mistake. You've discredited yourself, discredited your art, discredited your process, and is falling victim to the same kind of cancel artist culture that's happening and you capitulated. And finally, on Friday, Australia is going to begin its CBDC pilot. They're going to be testing out offline payments, tokenized foreign exchange settlements, and livestock auctions. The pilot will contribute to hands-on learning by industry, and it will contribute to policymakers' understanding of how CBDCs could potentially benefit Australia's financial system and economy. Either the author of this left this out, or it was just not mentioned. Who's studying privacy and the privacy of the citizens? Now, let's get into those crypto prices. And the time is 9.31 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $27,791. It's down a half a percent in 24, 1.3 in 7. Ethereum's at $1,756, down 1.1%. Tether's number 3, Binance is at 328, up a half a percent. And USDC's number 5, rounding off the top 10. We have XRP, which is up 6.2%. Cardano, Doge, Matic, and BUSD. The total market cap is sitting at $1.158 trillion. We have a BTC dominance of 46.3 and an F dominance of 18.5. And that was our show today. Again, please subscribe, share, and I will see you Tuesday. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.